Welcome to Beyond Overeating by Wholesome Lifestyle Projects, the overeating podcast, where I'll be showing up weekly to share with you what I've learned during my binge eating recovery, helpful tools such as yoga, mindfulness, and energy medicine. My name is Stell, and my purpose is to inform and ed- educate so that you can fast track your recovery in healing your relationship with food and finally trust yourself around the peanut butter jar. Join me as I share top tips, my struggles and triumphs to help inspire or just entertain. Remember, there is nothing wrong with you if you can't stop overeating. That's why I'm here to guide you along the way. Welcome back to another episode of the Beyond Overeating podcast by Wholesome Lifestyle Project. My name is Stelcum Heath, binge and emotional eating recovery specialist. And today I'm super excited to have another very special guest, Sean Matthews. And she'll be joining us today to talk about why women like to help everyone else and um, put everyone's needs before their own. So I'm super excited to have you here, Sean. Welcome to the show. Oh, thank you for having me on. I'm really excited about this conversation too, because it's much needed and we don't talk about it enough. So thank you so much for having me on. You're so welcome. So Sean and I have met a couple of months ago and we share a lot of same the same values and we support um, mainly women. Um, so it's just made sense for us to collaborate today and delve into this topic. I think, you know, as women, we often put everything in front of us and I'm sure we're going to get so much value out of Sean's knowledge but let, before we hop into that, I would love to just share a little bit about Sean, uh, just so you have an idea um, of who she is and where, um, you know, how, what, what she's all about. So Sean is a registered women's counsellor and coach who assists women re- to reclaim their time, their voice, values and vision. In the process, create love, leadership, and happiness through their lives. And I just love that because that just sounds like such a a wholesome healing space that you facilitate for your clients. Mm. Yes, it is. And I really do value what a woman goes through. Of course, I'm a woman and you're a woman and I know what women go through. So I want a safe space for women to come speak what's true in their heart. And that's why I came up with that. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely beautiful. So Sean, did you want to just tell everyone just a little bit about you so we can get to know you a little bit better? Mm -hmm. Yes. Well, I started counseling about two and a half years ago and I was in the drug and alcohol space for most of that time. And I was working with non-for-profit organization, helping a lot of men going through a lot of grief and anxiety and fear with obviously the uh, addiction of drugs and alcohol. And I decided that I wanted to really work on my own aspects of women's counseling because there was a lot of women that I was working with as well that were falling through the gaps in the system. And it was very frustrating to me to watch so many people 
follow through, fall through those gaps. And I wanted to be one of those people that says, okay, I'm going to find those women and we're going to help bring them out and get the help that they really need. They truly need in the caring environment, either of their house or um, they come to see me. So that's where it all started for me there. And yeah, I, that's how I started my business in the first place. Yeah, well, that's so beautiful. And I just kind of think that often, you know, there's, we do get overlooked in certain things. Like you said, there's certain gaps where things just get missed. And so I think that you're just fulfilling such an amazing role there. Um, and the, the combination of counseling and coaching can work together so well. Did you just want to tell us a little bit about what the difference is between counseling and coaching for anyone who's listening? Yeah, it's a very good question. So I did study seven years of counseling and there is majority is all about therapy. So being in the space of one-on-one -on -one and being with the person at that moment in time. So it's more of a flow conversation. A counselor will ask questions, the person may or may not answer. So really the counselor is there to guide them and be on the journey with them. Whereas coaching is like you're the cheerleader. You're their cheerleader, <laughs> you're like, okay, you, you come to me for this, you really wanna change, you really wanna get going on a part of your life. For instance, I'll help women with moving forward, getting another job because their job at the moment is very stressful for them and they just need a less stress in their life. So I would be coaching them on how to move forward in their life. So counseling is talking about past maybe traumas or um, childhood issues or anything like that. Whereas coaching is helping them move forward in their lives. Yeah, absolutely. So beautiful. I love that. And, you know, there's uh, validity in both. But I do find like working in the coaching space is like you say, it's very transformative, you can actually move away from how you feel and all those wounds, and actually see um, small changes or large changes, dep just depending on on the growth. So yeah. that's, that's really awesome. And the yeah. fact that you can combine the two, um, and just have both at your disposal is like just such a good support system for for any woman who comes to see you. It is, it is. And I, that's why I do coaching and counseling together in some of my sessions, because what happens is some people might come with a situation, but the reason the situation has come up with them in the present moment is because of something that happened to them in the past. So we need to really focus on what happened to them in the past first, and then we can move forward into the present and the future. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, I facilitate the same for my clients. We um, mostly work on future work, but there is space for working on some wounds. So I have different modalities to just help with um, some of that wound healing so that we can move forward and deal with those emotions. So I love that. Um, so did you want to just tell us why you in particular started working with women? Mm. 
Yes, well, there's a lot of reasons, but the main reason is because I had a lot of time on my own throughout the years doing things on my own, and I had some problems asking for help. I was a very strong, independent, young teenager to begin with, and then moved out to Australia. As you listeners probably hear, I'm from another country. I'm from Canada and I moved to Australia when I was 19 and I did a lot on my own but when I needed help I reached out for help and I didn't get the right help the help that I actually needed and it it was quite frustrating to me so along my journey I learned a lot to do things on my own and reach out when I need to reach out but then along that part of the journey I realized that I wasn't alone I realized that so many women do not ask for help. And when I started realizing that, I thought, well, okay, so there is a need for this. But there, is, there needs to be that one woman that understands that type of woman. Goes, oh, I can't ask for help. I'm strong, independent. Maybe I'm a business owner. Maybe I've you know, run different businesses or been on my own for a while, whatever it is. And so I come up with all these ideas. And when I was in the drug and alcohol space, that's when I solidified, I can own my own business with this. I can do this. And I can facilitate groups and I can facilitate one-on-one counseling and help women through the process of what they're going through because I understand that. Um, I went through a lot of grief. So I... I don't know if you want to get into that just now, but that's another reason why I started the business was because the grief around doing things on your own instead of doing things in a tribe, as you would call it, or (laughs) one-on-one, then it's better in a tribe or one-on-one, not not, um, just by yourself, right? So that's, that's another reason I started. So lots of reasons. <laughs> yeah, you know, and I think that's one of the things that us women, we've, you know, I think we we kind of want to prove that we can do life and we can sort out ourselves without any help. It's kind of like that thing, um, asking for help is a form of weakness Um, So we just do, we try and make do and we keep struggling and struggling with the same things. I did that with my eating issues for like over 13 years. I just went in circles um, without, you know, it was a pride thing, but there was also just this um, sense of I already had my self-worth was quite low as it was and me asking for help in my viewpoint of view kind of put me in a space where my self-worth would be lessened even more you know um I don't know if that makes sense but for me I thought that asking for help is going to show even further weakness which then I, I put meanings to and that's one of the reasons why um I didn't um reach out and ask for help any sooner as well have you seen noticed that um in your dealings with your clients definitely with dealings with my my life in particular and my (laughs) clients as well because i always thought the same thing still i thought okay so if i ask for help i'm going to be a weak woman 
because mm. we're in a male dominated world. And so yeah. if you're in a male dominated world, then you feel that you're a bit little if you and small, if you ask for help and you're weak and, but really asking for help is a strength. Yeah. And so yeah. it took a lot of knowledge and a lot of study for me to come to that realization and then helping other women do the same because I was in a, I was working the drug and alcohol space is um, a very vulnerable area to work in. And those people are very vulnerable. So they, they don't want to ask for help. They don't know how to ask for help. They don't know. They don't have the knowledge that maybe you and I have because they just are in the system. Mm. If that makes sense. Yeah. And it's also maybe it, it might just be that they are just trying to cope with whatever's in front of them. Yeah. That's it's just the way it is for them. You know, you often like just you know, take the hand that you dealt with and you just run with that. And unfortunately mm. that can keep you stuck for, for so long. Mm. Yeah. True. So, so um, this actually brings us to a, um, a good question that I had. And what do you believe is the real reason that women don't take care of themselves first? Big fear. Fear of being judged, fear of not being liked, and fear of being seen and being vulnerable, of being seen for who they are. Mm. So those are the main things, and those are the things that I've worked through with clients all the time. And that is the biggest thing. You don't, the women don't want to be vulnerable. They don't want to be seen to be vulnerable. They think vulnerable again is a weakness. Yeah. So they think, okay, well, I guess I can't take care of myself. I have to take care of everyone else. And that keeps them busy. That's the, that's the society, maybe not society now, but it was way back when, right? Hmm that we took care of the children, we took care of the husband, we took care of the house, we cleaned, we cooked, we did all this sort of stuff. And so it's gone from generation to generation to generation. But now we're in a time where women are being uh, more empowered to do what they wanna do. They still have that fear factor of actually, I wanna do it, but I can't. So why can't you? Yeah. What is stopping you? So that's why I say it's it's definitely fear. Yeah. And, uh, you know, in, in my space, I see that fear is often of being rejected or mm -hmm. being judged. Um, so um, they would rather just say yes or yes to things that, you know, they don't want to say yes to or um, they prefer to just do things which don't make them feel um, satisfied um, in the sense of, you know, just like get them fired up because it's just something that um, they feel like it's if they had to say no, that, you know, just be completely in a space of rejection. And we work so hard 
to mm. actually be in a space where we're at. So yeah, that fear can be so real mm. and that fear can show up in so many different areas of our lives. Mm. So yeah. yeah, such a, such a big thing. And, you know, um, I love what you said about the being busy um, we are being busy all the time with, um, and it's almost like a fashion nowadays to be busy and a competition mm-hmm. about how busy we can all be. Exactly. And I don't understand why. I mean, I was like that, look, five, 10 years ago, but I've learned some work-life balance and people go, oh, work-life balance. But there is a work-life balance. You just have to set boundaries. And understand that you need to take care of yourself first before you do what you need to do. Take care of the kids, take care of your husband or be you other, be the mother or the woman rather than being just you. And people don't want to stop and be still and just be themselves because their fear of what it might bring up. Yeah, That's, that's the biggest thing. Yeah, I think we we often don't take action for the fear of something that may or may not happen or the, the way someone may or may not react. And yeah. Yeah. Um, that can hold us back so much. And um, I love what you talked about here about boundaries and how boundaries can really just help us you know, whether it's a boundary for a personal boundary or whether that boundary is set on work or relationships, whatever the case is, they actually can be so helpful and healthy for each and every one of us. And not just, you know, if there's uh, not just for women, but for men or children, Mm -hmm. anyone needs healthy boundaries. And that doesn't just mean, um, you know, it's, it doesn't just have to be in our physical relationships um, or it has to be in all areas of our lives, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Beautiful. So um, how would you say boundary setting becomes part of that self-care? Good question. The boundary setting, people don't understand boundary setting enough, I think. And I've studied it so much and I've had to do it myself with clients, obviously in the drug and alcohol space. And even with friends and family, you you need to set boundaries because it's important for your mental state, your emotional state and your physical state. If you don't set the boundaries of say, for instance, I'll give you an example. Um, I'll wake up at five o'clock in the morning before everybody wakes up, okay? And I'll go for a swim for half an hour before I even start my day because I need to be energized and that's just my time to take care of myself before I go on with my day. Because in my line of work, you are helping others and you are taking care of others as well. And so the boundary setting is saying and setting the standard of this is my time and I'm telling you, and, and physically communicating it to your friends, family, and even clients mm-hmm. that actually I'm doing this for me because I respect me. So if you, like, if I respect me, then you're going to respect me and vice versa. If 
you respect you, you're going to respect me. So it's reciprocal. But if you don't respect yourself and have self-care and self-boundaries, then it's very hard for other people to respect you. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. And I think, you know, if, if we um, don't have those boundaries or we allow people to overstep those boundaries, subconsciously you're telling yourself, well, I don't matter. Yeah. Because it's okay for that person to overstep their boundaries with me and ask me to work late every day or ask me to, um, you know, go to an event where I don't want to be or whatever the case is. Um, And the minute we say yes to that, we're not saying yes to self. And that is when we find ourselves sabotaging or just feeling completely disempowered. Mm -hmm. Definitely. It's so true. And so many people do it. And you came, you just said something about saying yes to things. That is the biggest thing, not just men, I mean, not just women, men do it too, but I've noticed because I work in the women's space and I, I just know from experience that women say yes to everything. (laughs) They, most of the time they're people pleasers. And when you become a people pleaser, what happens? You lose your boundaries and you're saying yes to everything and then you're deflated and setting healthy boundaries is a good thing so that you don't get deflated and you can take care of your own emotional and physical and uh, mental well-being. So you can do all the things that you want to do. Mm, yeah, I absolutely love that. Did you want to share just how someone who is listening could possibly set a healthy boundary for themselves? Mm-hmm. Well, The one thing that I would suggest, there might be a few, but the first thing is if you're a planner, there's different people out there listening. So if you're a planner, write it down in your diary. So if you have planned something for the day, stick to the plan. Set in that and then have a little bit of flexibility, but go with what's going on in your diary at the time. And if somebody says, hey, can you, you do this, for instance, can you go catch up for a coffee or something like that? You'll say, actually, no, I'm booked in to, to get something else done. And so you can say no to that. Mm-hmm. Making a plan for yourself is very helpful because you know where you're at, you know your routine, you know your schedule. And then once you get that going throughout the week, then um, you'll have time to slip in here and there catch-ups and social gatherings that maybe you want to get going with. Um, That's just one tip that you can do. If you're not a planner and you like a lot of flowing and flexibility, then that might not work for you. Um, You might want to just uh, sit with yourself in the present moment and meditate on, on something for 10 to 15 minutes and say, do I really want this? Ask yourself, do I really want this? Mm. And if the answer comes and says, no, I don't want this, then don't do it. If the answer says yes, straight away, then do it. You are the, you're the owner and the power of your own mind. So you make, you can make the decision. 
That's beautiful. I, I, I love that because, you know, um, I'm very much a planner. Uh, so everything is in my diary and I really, there's something really has to be an emergency to try and shift those, those issues. Um, I've learned to be slightly flexible in certain things, but some things like my lunch hour, Mm -hmm. um that is a non-negotiable for me and you know if I need to see someone in that time I will physically move my lunch hour to before or after that appointment uh mm -hmm. because I find that that is one boundary for me that I just need in my life I never used to take a lunch break <laughs> I'd sit and wolf down my food while stressing over projects and emails and all the rest and yeah. um I never moved from my desk. So my lunch hour is spent in movement and then nourishment in, in the food department. And yeah, so, so that is one thing which is just like never, um, today was an exception, but that is one thing that is usually a non-negotiable for me and mm -hmm. my personal, personal boundaries. So, mm -hmm. and since I've started doing that, my life and my stress levels have just drastically improved. I started that about three years ago um, when I actually um, moved to, yeah, no, a little bit longer, about four years ago when I started working in Australia. Um, I must say that company was quite good with work-life balance. So they honored lunch hours. And in that, I actually started exercising um, because the gym was quite close and that's where I found the benefit of stepping like physically stepping away from that desk you just get such a fresh perspective and just yeah you just feel a lot more energized <laughs> definitely that's it and that's the thing like eating is self-care yeah exercise is part of self-care people don't realize that people say I don't have time to eat well you do Mm. that's how we survive as a human race yeah is we need to eat if you're not eating then there you know we we need to look at a few different things yeah so um that's the two important things that part of self-care and those are two simple things that people forget yeah yeah absolutely where else can people put up boundaries i think we've mentioned like you know saying yes to like when we meant to say no to certain events or you know committing to certain days or certain activities in our life mm -hmm. what other boundaries can people um set for themselves um relationship boundaries that's a big one that people don't uh, or underestimate I think with um, self-identity and being self, so for instance, if you have listeners out there that are single and they don't really truly understand who they are, um, they will find it hard to set boundaries because they mm -hmm. want to, as again, people please and be around people all the time. And so what those people can do is just sit with themselves for a minute and go, actually, what do I want? It's not what everybody else wants. It's what, what do I want? And then they can move forward. Always ask yourself the question, what do I want? Not what does everybody else want? Yeah. And if they, yeah, right? 
you agree with that? Mm, yeah, absolutely. It's just funny, like today in my yoga class, we were talking about how you can honor your own feelings and not be embarrassed or feel guilty about what those are, you know, just really being very specific about your needs instead of someone and everyone else's. Yeah, and people think it's selfish, but it's not. Mm. You know what selfish is? Selfish is if the person gives and gives and gives and gives and doesn't receive it. And there again, I talk about being deflated. I have a lot of clients that have come to me and they're completely exhausted. They're mm. strung out, they're stressed, and they don't know why. <laughs> and I look at them, I said, have you eaten today? Have you, what are you doing? What, what are you doing at work? Are you taking a break at work? No, not taking a break at work. Okay, so those little changes that they can make every day to help themselves go through that self-care and set those boundaries for themselves before they even set boundaries for other relationships. So I've just talked about, um, you know, being in being single because I was so sing I was single for many years. So that's why I say that. And I have a lot of a few friends and also a lot of clients that have been single, right? And they, they don't know why they're still single, but um, we, we always, we talk about boundary setting and that was the number one thing that they were concerned about. They wanted a relationship. I said, well, if they, if they want a relationship, they really need to work on themselves and how they deal with themselves and their own identity first before they can look at somebody else and, and then have the boundaries with that person because that's different. A boundary setting with yourself and a boundary setting with a partner is two different things. Like we're mm. talking two different things. And if you're in a, if you're listening and you're in a relationship, you do need boundary setting for that. Like, especially the women out there that own their own businesses. How are you going to run a business if your partner is always, you know, interrupting you or you're always doing something with them? You have to say, hey, this is my time. This is my space. This is really important to me. So you, you need to have that open communication with them. Yeah. I love that. And um, communication is, is always key. And I think that's where we trip up is we, we feel the resistance um, to or the and it, it can become resentment if our boundaries have been crossed but yeah. we don't actually voice that um, out in the open mm, no yeah it's true and it's taken me a long time to get to where I am now but that's why I help women reclaim their voice because they've lost it along the way mm. and they really don't know how to communicate effectively to loved ones, their, anyone in their family, friends. So we just re -go, we do that and we go through a process to help them be able to effectively communicate to people at work. Their, so their colleagues, their family members, their partners, their children even. And then they can live a happy life. That's amazing. This has been such an amazing conversation. I just love this. I think we can nerd out about this for like another half an hour. But I know 
we can uh, i think we can always come back in another episode to chat a little bit and go deeper mm. but i'd love to know from you um just one way in which you appreciate your body mm. i'm gonna say food good healthy food i have i love exercise but food I've never ever gone without a meal um, because I have to wake up first thing in the morning and I'll have to have breakfast. Even if it's a banana to start off with and then have a little snack, it's um, food. Really, um, I actually went from being a huge meat eater, so chicken and steak and all this, to now more fish and vegetarian meals. And I feel so much better for it. Uh, that's amazing. Thank you for, for sharing. Um, you mentioned that you had a small little gift for everyone tuning in. Yes, I actually have two. So I have a workbook that I've designed and that's to help women um, with their self-care strategies and relationships. And the other one is a self-assessment. So if you're lacking anything uh, in your uh, physical world or mental world or emotional world, this is an actual assessment that goes through each dimension. So it goes through your physical, mental, uh, emotional, your um, physiology, and your spiritual. And then it shows you where you need work. And then wow. from that, you can see where you need help and if you want to reach out to me and work on that area then we can do that as well that's just absolutely amazing and where can people find you if they want to reach out to you well I am on Facebook I have a business page which uh, I can send that through to you still and um, I have a website called seanmatthewsoah.com so all everyone can see the programs that I have on my website. Um, it is under construction at the moment, so it might look a little bit different from a few months ago, but uh, all my details are there. And uh, I have a business number that I can actually send to you as well, that people can contact me on the phone um, or a link to book in a 15-minute complimentary call. Beautiful. I'll put all, all of that in the show notes so everyone listening can actually find that. But thank you, Sean, so much for joining us today. Um, this is such an important topic. And thank you so much for sharing your knowledge and your experience with us today. Thank you so much, Stel. It's been a pleasure having this conversation with you. <laughs> You're so welcome. So thank you, everyone, for listening. So if you want to get hold of Sean, just click into the show notes and go and find her details. She is just amazing when it comes to supporting women um, in finding their voice and getting their time back and just realigning with their values and vision. And that is just closing off this episode. As always, like and share this episode wherever you are listening. I'd really appreciate a rating um, to just help other people see this episode. And if you would like a free consultation from me, the link for that would be in the show notes as well as below this episode. Thank you, everyone, for joining. I hope you have a beautiful day. Bye. Bye.
Thank you so much for joining me today. And don't forget to share this with all your friends. You can do this by adding this to your Instagram story and tagging me at Wholesome Lifestyle Project or by simply telling them about it. If you could rate and review on whatever platform you are listening, this will go a long way in helping me get this podcast out there so that I can share my message and help as many women out there struggling with food issues as I can. Don't forget, you can follow me on Instagram on Wholesome Lifestyle Project or connect with me on LinkedIn. My name's Estelle Heath, and that's where you'll find me on LinkedIn. I'll talk to you soon. Bye.